Welcome to Teach Me Sentai, a podcast where we're taking a look back at the Power Rangers from the Japanese series that gave it its inspiration and footage, Super Sentai. I'm John McDonough. And I'm Natalie Bridgman. And if you would like to support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash teach me sentai. Natalie, what are we up to today? This is our penultimate season one episode. We're going to have a whole season wow. almost done soon. <laughs> Crazy. Can't believe it. Covering Mighty Morphin episodes 53 through 56. We have watched so many episodes of this show. If you would also like to watch with us, these are on Netflix in the US. Kind of crazy. Kind of wild to be here. And these are really fillery, but that's okay. There's lots to talk about. Tommy's back. Yeah. Should we just get into it? Yeah, let's just do it. Let's just do it. (laughs) All right, here we go. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Season 1, Episode 53, Foul Play. Zack is doing a magic show that's mostly just juggling for some kids to impress Angela. Bulk and Skull try to juggle themselves and end up messing it all up, which the kids love. Zack scares them with rubber snakes, and Zack nonsensically explains that the moral of this is to use your head in tough situations, and Angela kisses him on the cheek. The others cheer him on for this great success, but Zack says it was just a peck on the cheek. On the moon, Rita retorts, quote, I'll do everything in my power to show you what a real peck on the cheek feels like. Finster creates the peckster monster. Back at the youth center, the others head to the mall while Zack stays behind to flirt. Angela is so impressed by his work with the kid, she's about to ask him out when a news story reveals the seemingly giant peckster is attacking Angel Grove. Also, Billy, Jason, Trini, and Kim are attacked by some putties in the park. Zack is going to do some magic tricks to keep the kids calm. He makes himself disappear, actually slipping out to call Zordon. Zordon tells him to morph and head downfound to fight the Pexter, which he does, but he mostly just fights putties. The normal-sized Pexter attacks him. Pexter's winning, but then runs off for some reason. Zordon sends Zack back to the U Center so he won't arouse suspicion. The others defeat the putties, finally, and teleport to the command center. Zordon tells him the situation, says they shouldn't call Tommy so he can conserve his powers and send them into the battle. It's morphin time. At the youth center, Bulk refuses to do the spell to bring Zack back, but then does so accidentally since the spell is just Zack. The kids are getting freaked out by the monster, but have faith in the Power Rangers. Zack looks at a black balloon and gets an idea. Meanwhile, the rest of the Rangers fight the Pexter, who uses his wings to create massive windstorms. Zack shows up with a bunch of balloons. He dares the Pexter to peck them, but one of them is actually a ball, which somehow gets the Pexter stuck. Rita realizes the tides have turned and makes her monster grow. They make the Megazord in a relatively reasonable amount of time, and using the Mamma Shield to block the Pex, they get the upper hand, but they can't resist its windstorm attacks. Then Zack remembers what he said about using your head and shoots it with the cranial laser. They power sword the monster into oblivion. The kids and Angela are impressed with the Power Rangers. Zack shows up for his romantic date and realizes Angela was actually inviting him to take the kids to the movies. Episode 54, Trick or Treat. Kimberly is going to be a contestant on Trick or Treat, the most popular game show in America. Tommy can't come to the taping because of a karate match. Her opponent will be Skull. Rita has a new plan. She's going to grow her pumpkin wrapper monster from rotten pumpkin seeds. Trick or Treat is a Halloween-themed show and everyone wears costumes. Kimberly is a princess and Skull is an inmate. They have to ask the host trick questions to win pumpkin points. Kimberly's first trick question is to ask him the identity of the Power Rangers, which he can't answer. Tommy is training in the park and spots some rotten pumpkins. Rita doesn't want him to disrupt her plans, so Goldar sends down some putties. Tommy does his thing, which is punching and kicking while going, Kia! Time for a wicked Wheel of Misfortune game. Kimberly is strapped to a wheel and spun around. It's not clear how you win, but she does. 
Tommy alerts Zordon and Zordon tells him to go to his match because Zordon hates him. Skull plays the Wicked Web of Disaster game, which seems much more difficult. Tommy watches someone else compete at the martial arts competition. Zordon decides to interrupt Kimberly's game show appearance instead, so she has to fake fainting. Skull wins by default. The rangers teleport to the command center and Zordon warns them about the pumpkins, which will try to attach to their heads, and worse still, Pumpkin Rapper and his clever raps and rhymes. They morph. The rangers examine the pumpkins and hold them near their heads, so of course they magically attach. Kimberly was in a different area and remains safe from their stupidity. She uses her blade blaster to free the others. Some of the pumpkins turn into pumpkin-headed putties. These are like normal putties, but they reform after they're defeated. They spot the giant pumpkin that is the pumpkin wrappers, so they wrap at it so it will reveal itself. It wraps back at them and then sends more putties. They defeat the putties yet again, but the monster wraps them in vines and shocks them. Zordon decides he'll have to call Tommy after all, so Tommy misses his competition and morphs. Tommy frees the others and rushes the monster, giving his teammates a moment to form the Mega Blaster and deal the final blow. Kimberly and Tommy lament their missed opportunities and are bummed to see Bulk and Skull in the new car, but the network repossesses it because they cheated. Bulk's mommy costume gets unraveled, revealing his underwear. Episode 55, Second Chances. Ernie posts the results for the junior soccer team tryouts. A boy named Roger doesn't make the cut. Jason and Zach want him to get a second chance, and Ernie decides to hold a second tryout. Godar thinks that they should make a ball monster, so Finster starts to charge his soccer dillo monster ball. Tommy and the others are excited about Roger's second chance, and Jason and Zach are going to help him practice. Vulcan Skull starts some shit and kick a ball, which bounces around and hits them in the face, but it also hits Tommy's communicator, which starts malfunctioning. It keeps going off during Miss Appleby's class, and she makes him hand it over. Jason and Zach work with Roger in the park, and he's so bad that Rita wants to send some putties down to beat him up. The putties interrupt a pet talk, but hesitate before attacking. Rita decides to send down the Sacadillo even though it isn't fully charged. The putties kick it around and then send it at the rangers. The rangers have to punch and kick it away. Alva calls Trini, Billy, and Kimberly to go back them up. Trini keeps an eye on Roger while the others fight, and things are going well so the monster and putties retreat. At the command center, Zordon tells the rangers about the monster and how Rita is feeding it energy. And Alpha can't reach Tommy, and there's no way they're going to be able to defeat this monster without his help. Tommy shows up to detention to try to get his communicator, but Appleby is missing. The Sacadillo appears, so the rest of the rangers morph and head to the quarry. They fight and try to use their fun pyramid attack, but he turns into a ball and deflects it. Luckily, Tommy talks Appleby into giving his communicator back, and Alpha sends him to help the others. Together, Jason and Tommy can power punch him out of his ball. Rita sees the turning tides and makes Sakadillo giant. Megazord, Dragonzord, Zack figures out they need to wait for the monster to unroll to deal the final blow. They do. Roger and all of the Second Chance boys make the team. Episode 56, On Fins and Needles. Jason and Tommy are teaching a free community karate class. Rita wants to make them enemies instead of friends with her Slippery Sharks rivalry spell. She starts by attacking them with putties in the park. One of the putties throws the shark's boomerang. Tommy catches it, but that was the point. It does its dark magic on him. It pulls the same trick on Jason. The putties flee, their work finished, and its spell takes its effect. They start fighting. The next day at school, Kimberly and Trini see them fighting and get concerned. Bulk and Skull see them too and encourage them to fight. They all get admonished by Miss Appleby. The full slippery shark monster is ready, so Rita sends it down to attack. Alpha can't seem to pinpoint the monster or its location. 
Jason and Tommy decide to fight at the youth center, and Bulk and Skull sell tickets. Zack tries to break up the fight before it starts, but his friends aren't listening. The only thing that keeps them from fighting is a call from Zordon. Zordon has found the shark monster and now knows why Jason and Tommy are fighting. The only way to break the spell is for Jason and Tommy to work together against the monster while the others stay behind. They morph and head to the park to basically not do that. They make a bet over who will take the shark down. The shark slips away from both of them, so they try different plans to catch him. It's not working, so they decide to put aside their differences and work together. While Jason distracts the shark, Tommy throws a net over him. The spell is broken. The other rangers morph and teleport in as backup. The shark tries to run, but Zack uses his power axe to blast it out of the ground for good. They bring out the Mega Blaster, but Rita makes her monster giant before it can hit. The giant shark is still pretty slippery. The Megazord has to hold him in place while the Dragonzord gets hits in. Using teamwork, the monster goes down quickly. Bulk and Skull got beat up by the people they sold tickets to because the fight never happened. And I think Jason and Tommy should own up in their part of all of that. Okay, uh, yeah. you know, we're just in this land, and I feel like this these four episodes and the last four episodes are just going to kind of be like, hey, Power Rangers episodes. But that can be really fun, because there's some very silly stuff here. Unfortunately, we're starting with an episode for which my last note is, this episode is bad. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Although my first note is Angela, in all caps. We love Angela. We are not done with her yet. Don't worry, she will be back in our next episode. I love her. But the, the kiss on the cheek... Followed by Rita. I know. I'll show you what a real peck on the cheek feels like. Is It's poetry. It's art to me. The episode could have ended and I would have been satisfied. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean by that, Rita? Like, what? What's going on? It's great. Mm. It's it's so great. I, I like this monster a lot. The big problem is that, like, this episode, I've described this feeling before and often been wrong. And I didn't actually look at who wrote this, but it feels like a freelance episode to me. It feels like someone who doesn't really know the show because mm-hmm. there are lots of, like, concerns that I've never heard of before. Mm, expand on that. What do you mean? It's specifically the Zack stuff. You have to go to not arouse suspicion, which keeps Zack oh, out of the yeah. fight, which seems to be a little bit of a problem. And it's like, that has never been, not arousing suspicion is not these people's concern, but it is a thing that like, based on if some, if I were to describe you the premise of the show, you would definitely think like, oh yeah, they probably have to like protect their secret identity and stuff. So that's sort of why I'm like, I wonder if this is freelance. Yeah, that makes sense because the whole time it's, it's like, why in this episode is Zach being told by Zordon not to be flaky? Where in like other episodes, like in the last episode with Angela, he was just forced to bail on a date and like leave her hanging you know what i mean yeah zordon is playing with these people mm-hmm. and on some level i kind of like it there's a lot of good <laughs> including in this episode Zordon being like tommy what if you didn't come yeah. that would be okay <laughs> and i'm i our theory that zordon really kind of wishes tommy wasn't a ranger truer and truer every, every episode. single episode which is just the irony of everything it's like it's oh my so God. funny to me <laughs> Well, it's it's also funny because, like, Zordon, like, literally gave Tommy powers. Like, he didn't have to do that either. People can have regrets. <laughs> That's Zordon's whole life. <laughs> I, I think that, like, this is sort of the Zordon chaos era, mostly because Zordon has to do all these plot functions. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's coming together as this absolute mad agent of chaos to me. And, like, I love it. Yeah. He's definitely the puppet master, but I don't think he has a plan at any time. No, he's the Joker. (laughs) One person who does love this episode is Austin St. John. When they're doing the scene where they're like, oh, Zach, you got a kiss on the cheek. (laughs) He seems like he just 
loves it. Mm-hmm. Loves, loves, loves it. He's like, I want to only play teen romantic drama, please. Yeah, he's like, please, WB, cast me in Dawson's Creek right now, please. But And instead he did PPP Loan Frog. God damn it. Other things I liked about this episode, the kids murmuring live report when the news comes on. <laughs> <laughs> the news report is so funny. It does seem like it's a clip of, it's it's very viewing glow. We've talked about yeah. this before where it's like, that is very clearly the same clip as before or the context of this clip makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And in this one, when the pexer is on the news report and they're talking about him destroying buildings with a single peck, he sort of clearly looks giant yeah. to me, which makes sense for him destroying buildings. But then he's later just normal size. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. Consistency. Who's she? (laughs) What do we expect? We're in like late stage season one episode Power Rangers. Yeah, there's so much dialogue in this episode that is like absolute garbage. The first one I wrote down was someone saying putty in her hands. He's putty in her hands. Speaking of putties, Mm -hmm. that bad, bad. There's a lot of pun lines. A lot of puns. Oh my god. Wacko woodpecker full of hot air, someone says out loud with their human mouth. Yep. There's a lot of puns in this episode. Jason kicks a putty and says another one bites the dust, bringing up the weird dust that the putties release now. It's all just that there's a big series in my notes that are me just writing out bad lines and writing, this dialogue is bad. What are we doing? I don't understand. (laughs) Right. And then there's like weird phrases like cartoon festival. What is that even? What is that? Why didn't you just say go to the movies? (laughs) Clearly that like context clues, they are going to a movie theater that is showing a bunch of Woody Woodpecker cartoons, which like, cool, cute, but cartoon festival cartoon festival that sounds like something completely different and i wouldn't want to take a bunch of kids to it like on my own as like 16 or 17 year old like that would be too much work i don't want to take a bunch of kids anywhere i do like that this magic act is mostly juggling Mm -hmm. i really like that he's like and the moral of me humiliating these two boys is always use your head and then later that comes back not because he Cleverly outsmarts the situation, but because he shoots a laser from the Megazord's head. Yeah. We're kind of jumping all over the place, but it's like, that's... the. the There's no coherence no. here. <laughs> this is what you're here for with this particular episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. It's just, here's some great moments that happened, or bad moments that were entertaining, because, like, everyone is just zoop job jorping. Yeah. It's everyone all over the place. We shouldn't call Tommy for backup, because he wouldn't want to leave this competition, even though he can literally teleport. It's... <laughs> It's all wow. Well, and the whole, it's wow. Like the conserving of powers thing. Like, ugh, I don't know. It just seems really convenient. <laughs> it's interesting because Bulk and Skull exist in this weird space and have for the whole series where, like, they are absolute doofuses and so stupid or, like, legitimate threatening bullies. And, like, this line, not to, like, totally fixate on one line but like this idea that he's like just use your head to get out of like situations i can understand how that like to a kid it's like don't fight the bully be smarter than the bully which is like rude ultimately but like i get it i get what you're trying to say yeah it's like bulk and skull are not a real threat okay they're constantly harassed by these people and made fun of and i ugh, i don't know it's hard it's, it's a lot and they're they're good performers yes. when they get up there and start doing their little thing like they're entertaining the kids are laughing it's giving them a show like can we just respect bulk and skull for one episode no of course not of course not absolutely not they're bad tm i do like when 
they do this bulk, oh, make Zack disappear. A thing that we have seen before in the show when mm-hmm. the Power Rangers all got detention. And when Bulk does it, he's like so impressed with himself and also like, this solves my problem. He's like, the the, the terror has gone from this place <laughs> and now I can just hang out with these kids and I don't ever want to bring him back. Like, yeah. I think it's very funny and good. He's like, wow, all of my problems are gone. I'm free from these bullies who have been bullying me for months. But then he does it. It's great. Inside this episode that's largely bad mm-hmm. there is one thing i do really like this pexter monster yeah it's a good monster he's got a great design mm-hmm. he's like it's like a cool looking bird thing his beak is very like fun because it's not just like tiny it's like a big like hook beak it's cool he has this attack where he like shoots yeah things out of his mouth that look like little fish yes like he's spitting fish and it's great it's a very cool attack yeah he's a very resourceful kind of villain he has multiple abilities and he uses them all and it's fun which we can't say the same for other monsters that we see in this chunk of episodes no we can't but he is interesting at one i think it's when he's made giant he goes who loves ya which felt like it was a reference to something but i googled and i couldn't figure out what it was it wasn't a reference to woody woodpecker oh is that a thing woody woodpecker says i don't know anything about woody woodpecker well I, i haven't confirmed it so i don't know i didn't look it up but uh it that's what it read like to me that it was they were trying to reference that because I have watched some of it. Like I was like, oh yeah, that's from the show. But like, maybe it's not. Maybe I just accepted it. I'm, I'm Googling All now. Right. Not clear. Okay, whatever. Moving, <laughs> on. Moving on. It's just more nonsense. It doesn't deserve our scrutiny because it's all just kind of chill and weird lines, really bad dialogue in this one. Like really try hard, uninteresting. The dialogue in the show is not like brilliant, but it's largely quite functional. Sometimes I say something weird, but like they're trying so hard and missing so hard. It's like cringe. Yeah, it's it's a fine line because in these episodes in Power Rangers, it's like they have to say a lot of insane things all the time. But most of the time, they're able to just, like, kind of deliver those lines neutrally. But I think in this section, it was just, like, they were shining a big bright light on all the insane things they were saying. Yeah, yeah. They were like, pay attention to this. And I was like, I would rather not. Yeah, can we not? My absolute favorite moment of this episode, which I'm sure I said about a bunch of dumb moments, is when they're all watching the news footage the second time, and Zach turns over and looks at the balloons. Yes. And they're, of course, like, Power Rangers coded. And then he, like, zooms in on the black balloon, which I was just like, is she just remembering he's the black Power Ranger? Like, (laughs) what's happening here? And it's so funny to me. (laughs) He's like, that's me. I'm the black Power Ranger. I know, apparently he's thinking, like, if one of those is a ball, I bet the bird would get stuck on it, which... I mean, it's a guess and it pays off. So I guess he's right. Yeah. But uh, I would not feel confident about that. But like, I'm generally very obsessed with character happens to see a prop that sparks the whole idea. I love it when they do it in like procedural mystery shows. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. It's 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 I'm weak for it. And this one is just so random and so silly and pays off in such a silly way. I, I can't help but love it. I can't help but love it. I guess. And to me, it was like such a leap of a plan because I watched that moment where he like looked at these balloons and I was like what are you going to do with those? (laughs) Like, how is that? How is this inspiring you in any way? And then like the moment happens in the fight. And I was just like, I mean, I guess, I guess that'll work. I guess one of them can be a ball instead of a balloon. I don't know. Yeah. This monster also has like, 
wings that make windstorms, which are a big problem. But apparently the beak is the primary concern. Although we are also in an era of Rita really like going to make things giant pretty quickly. (laughs) Um, So it doesn't take much for her to decide to proceed the fight in that direction. Well, she's just like, this is all I got. We're just going to do this. And then they get out the Megazord, which I am happy that they're not taking forever to do all of the time now. It's true. All the Megazord fights in this episode, I felt like we got to it pretty quickly. Like, there's still nothing super exciting going on. I liked seeing the Mammoth Shield. Yeah, that was fun. It gets, it doesn't overstay its welcome, which Mm -hmm. I think was the real problem we were in. And also, they're remembering the weapons exist and the big Mega Blaster exists. Like, they're remembering that. (laughs) It has a new name, though. It was famously called the Power Cannon and is now called the Mega Blaster. But you know what? Whatever. They've never been naming things consistently Mm -hmm. in this show. And why should they start now? No. But I will say, I don't know what the deal is, but doesn't that footage of them putting the weapons together, like, doesn't that look like particularly degraded now? Or maybe I'm just not used to seeing it. It does look like it wasn't part of this footage package, which, like, I don't know. I didn't ever really get the impression that some of it felt stock and some of it didn't. Yeah. But this all felt stock. And, like, it was produced right at the beginning of the run, so maybe that's why. But I I agree, it it stood out. It was just, like, color temperature-wise so different. Like, normally, it's not that big of a difference. And, like, that one, I was like, wow, did they just, like, get a really old tape that they're just, like, taping over and over? Like, what's going on there? But... Yeah, I can't remember if in season two... I know in season three they have, like, their ninja powers. Yeah. in season two, if they have a different way of finishing off monsters... And, and I, I'm going to be very curious if we, like, stick with the same old stock footage as we go, especially when most of the suit footage will be brand new right. and American produced. I'll be interested to see how all that goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Hmm. Uh, this episode's bad. Don't watch it. But yeah, um, we told it. you the good parts. Just skip it. <laughs> the next episode, though. <laughs> I love this episode so much because it is just it is bonkers wild insanity Mm. and first bonkers wild insanity thing we have to start with this episode aired in may what (laughs) what (laughs) it's my favorite thing i did i fully uh okay i didn't even bother to look it up because i was like this is a halloween episode it's sure not it aired in may oh my god Pumpkin Rapper is like a famous iconic Power Rangers monster, I think because he is so ridiculous. And like, clearly what happened is they got this pumpkin footage. Pumpkin Rapper also looks great. Mm -hmm. Great, yeah. They were trying to figure out what to call him. (laughs) Someone was like, he wraps them in vines. And he's like, rapper, he's a rapper. Okay, let's make him a rapper, which is like insane choice that i don't know why they made Mm -hmm. but it's also like incredible because all the rapping is terrible and also like the rangers rap before he does it's it's just like it is it is nonsense Mm -hmm. in like a full-on fully committed fully stupid campy way that i'm just like this episode's like a hug to me this is what i want every episode (laughs) to feel like it does feel like they just committed to the bit so much more than any other point (laughs) they're like he's a rapper Oh, it's good. In addition to it being... So they have this pumpkin monster for this episode that's going to air in May. They decided they had to put Halloween trappings on it. So Kimberly's going on this game show that is inexplicably Halloween themed. An insane concept for a game show. It makes no sense. Yeah, the concept is you have to ask a trick question, but it's really unclear what a trick question is. Kimberly's first question is, who are the Power Rangers? And that's just a question he can't answer. But then later... 
bulk ask a question and he like tries to ask a clarifying thing and that apparently counts as him not answering it's very unclear what the actual function of this game is and the little mini games inside of it those make sense i don't get it those feel kind of like prices right to me like but the actual like pumpkin points first of all i was like well if kimberly could just ask like who is the power rangers and that would count she could say like who is the red ranger who is the black ranger and then she would is there a god right she could just like win the game immediately i don't know and i'm always like immediately taken out by game shows generally because i'm like i know the reality of like winning something from a game show is never that fun like i don't want to win a car from a game show that would suck you have to like pay a bunch of taxes on it and you don't have any actual like liquid assets to pay those taxes with like well at least when you win money it's like well some of this money is just going to go to the government but like a car well i guess you can take the cash value of the car sometimes but then they also get like the cheapest version of the car possible so it's like you know it's just not fun don't do it guys (laughs) It's not great. Well, good news is no one ultimately gets a car yeah. in this episode, except for the very powerful network executive. So this this game show is silly, but it does involve a like, let's make a deal style. Everyone's wearing costumes. Yeah. And I really appreciate that Kimberly decides she's going to dress as a princess. And so all of the boys come dressed as like her knights and squires mm-hmm. and stuff. And it's very cute. I don't know what Trini's wearing. It's cute. Her midriff's exposed. She almost looks like she's supposed to be like a genie, which doesn't really make yeah, sense, like, but it's cute. Like an eye dream of genie or almost like kind of like a jasmine vibe is what I got, which looks like yeah. whatever. Okay. A different kind of princess. I wrote down everyone is a knight and Trini is a slut, which isn't nice. But, but I think that's, that's true. And Tommy can't come because he is, of course, going to another damn karate competition. They need to think of something else for this guy to do with his time. I think Tommy is kind of a workaholic. I think he is. He's addicted to competing, if nothing else. He's gonna flame out. Like, he's on the track for, like, a breakdown at 19. Like, who am I if not a karate man? Like, you know what I mean? I think that's basically what happens in Power Rangers Turbo. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, probably, yeah. They do play the Green Ranger song again, which is, like, just such a, like, the Green Ranger gets a special song. They know this guy's a star. They, mm-hmm. He is he is where it's at right now. But it does include the line, Goldar is going to get you tonight, which <laughs> I thought was very funny. That is good. I, yeah, you're right. It does. And it's good. <laughs> Thinking about them, like, what are some things we can write in this song? <laughs> what else is in the show? Uh, Goldar? Okay. The lyrics to all these new songs are very funny to me. They're they're good. I don't think anyone should change them. Mm-hmm. Just seem like someone was like, I got five minutes. Let me let me write this song yeah. real quick. Let me just whip it out. Corrected one typo and that was it. Yeah, I think that's right. This episode is also padded with a lot of other people doing martial arts. We see clips from Tommy's martial arts competition where he is watching other people do cool stuff, just random stunt performers. And not a terrible idea in my book. I had a pretty vindictive idea. Not Vindictive is not the right word. A pretty jaded idea about that. What if they were like testing replacement rangers? That was like an audition for white rangers. Yeah. They were like, well, what if we just do this? Or like they maybe the cast was starting to like rumble about like, maybe we should get paid more since we're on this mega fucking hit. And they were like, well, I know what we need to do. We'll cast a bunch of martial artists in the show and we'll see if any of them have the kind of magnetism that we need it's not a terrible theory i don't think we would ever be able to confirm no there's no way but it's it's an interesting idea the the winner of this karate competition because tommy ultimately does have to leave before he can compete is is named chip haynes they tell us (laughs) and i'm just wondering what chip haynes's story is he's just living a normal life winning 
<laughs> That's it. Chip Haynes is, is part of a spinoff show that we'll never see that we really should. But now we need to focus on what's most important about this episode, which is the pumpkin wrapper and fighting the pumpkin yeah. wrapper and all of the beats of the story, which are like so dumb. So like Zordon is like, these pumpkins are going to try to attach to your head. Mm-hmm. And then there's a pumpkin wrapper who will wrap you up. Right. Watch out for that. And they're like, great. Teleport in. What are these pumpkins? I should probably hold it near my face. Yeah, they're immediately like, this doesn't seem too dangerous. And they do exactly what Zordon told them not to do. Which I guess maybe explains why Zordon is insane sometimes. It truly does. I feel like he was like, I don't want to call Tommy because Tommy's an idiot. And I don't trust him with this one. I'll send the others. And they go and they already is like, now I have to call Tommy because you didn't listen to me. Thank you. Yeah. It's rude. The pumpkin props are very funny to me because they all have like orange stems. It feels very clear that like what, however they constructed these, they like didn't want to bother to paint them more than like, I, I think it was just one solid color. Yeah. Very funny because they look super fake, but they're kind of fun. The like pumpkin headed putties. Why do they exist? Why do they need to exist? What are they doing? Even though like they form again, so do putties sometimes. <laughs> I, I'm honestly just, my mind is still blown from the fact that this episode aired in May. Cause like, I just let that all go. Cause I was like, it's a Halloween episode. Like whatever, man. Shit. Aired in May. <laughs> that, it, it tells you everything you do. That's like now going to be my go-to Power Rangers fun fact is like, do you remember the pumpkin wrapper? Is this a monster you have memory of? And a lot of people do. Did you know that episode aired in May? <laughs> it's like literally almost as far as you can get. Yes. October 31st. <laughs> It literally is seven months away. It's it's so good. Oh my like God. it's so good. Ugh. The pumpkin rappers raps are stupid and fun. At one point he goes, Well, 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 step into my hell, which I was like, Oh damn. <laughs> or is that a song? I don't know. There's someone at some point the lyrics well 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 step into my hell get said and it's too much. I like when Kimberly cuts one of the things off. And then the other ones all just like fall off. And instead of just like the implication to me was Kimberly cut them all off. But then Jason has to say the line. They all came off once Kimberly cut mine off. And it's like, what? That didn't, what? I know. They could have just like let it go. They could have just been like, yeah, she took care of it. I don't know. It's really perfection to me. The rest of the stuff. I mean, pumpkin wrapper is so cool. They don't even need the Megazord. They don't want to waste time with that when we could be seeing more pumpkin wrapper. This episode did make me really miss Pandora. Because of the wrapping? No. Um, (laughs) Although, yes. Rita is just so nothing now. Yeah. She's just like a non-entity. It's so functional. It's so kind of boring. She lacks all the charm Rita had. I think a lot of that came from like Pandora Mm -hmm. and having cool Pandora stories to pull from. Like... The lack of villain is really starting to get to me. I don't think I ever realized just how important a cool, fun villain is to the Power Rangers formula. Yeah, like, I'm I'm really looking forward to Zed. And, like, at least in the sense that Zed and Rita have a dynamic together. Right, but, I mean, for, for a season, Zed's there and Rita's gone. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, I'm just, like, looking forward to kind of the change. It'll be nice to just have a villain again. And I actually With have goals. no idea who the Die Ranger villains are. So, like, yeah. that'll be cool, too. Yeah, and then one thing I did really like about this whole episode is that Tommy and Kimberly both don't get to do the thing that they wanted to do. Because I was going to be, yeah. I was about to be really pissed if Tommy got to do his thing and Kimberly didn't get to do her thing. It's so rare that they actually do stories about the fact that these people are Power Rangers keeps them from doing anything. Mm-hmm. Even in the very last episode, Zach, like, ultimately faced no real consequences for having to duck out on those kids. Right. And it's interesting when they do it, especially because in this case, like, Tommy has so many karate tournaments and, like, a new car is kind of a big deal and Kimberly was going to win it. But then also, like, she doesn't need that. I don't know. It's it, it's kind of nice, the, like, seeing them have to lose things to be Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, and I think it's a good call to have it be Kimberly and Tommy 
mm-hmm. because it feels like the most like they both have like these full kind of expectations and lives just because they're more developed as characters than like the others are. Yeah, Kimberly especially. I think Amy Jo Johnson just brings so much to like the human part of Kimberly that mm-hmm. it definitely feels that way. It's been very interesting. This episode kind of put in the starkest relief. Like, they are not a couple. No, I. <laughs> they're not. But they're spending a lot of time together. It's yeah. complicated. Well, I mean, I think we. I think you. It's common. Like in high school, you have that person that you're like hanging out with all the time. But, like, you're not dating for reasons, but, like, Mm -hmm. you still hang out with them all the time and, like, you are that person's keeper. Like, you just become that person's keeper because, like, everyone in your friend group is like, oh, well, so-and-so will know where whoever is or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And Kimberly keeps track of Tommy and Tommy keeps track of Jason. (laughs) That's, like, a perfect segue into, like, the last episode, but we're not there yet. (laughs) Unfortunately, we have to take a break and talk about another episode first, but but you just keep that in your mind. But before we go... The best line of this episode, this pumpkin episode, hostile the pumpkin. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> oh my God. This episode is, it is full camp. It is full stupid, especially when you watch it knowing that it aired in May. <laughs> pumpkin wrapper, great design. Great. Like wraps, the wraps are all bad. Mm-hmm. It's barely on beat. There's something so delicious about this. It's so good. And I, I can't recommend this one enough. And let's take a break and then talk about our, our last two, huh? All right. Sounds good. Second Chances. Whew. This is an episode about a kid named Roger who fucking sucks at soccer. He's so bad. Uh, I loved it so much. He's Be- so Because bad. the Roger pieces of this episode are so stupid to me, is what I like. Because they they don't know this kid. Mm-mm. Because when he, he looks at the thing and he's disappointed and he has this sort of like, golly gee willikers, guess I didn't beat the team. <laughs> Ernie has to tell them who he is. Yeah. But then in the next scene, all the Rangers are like, I'm so glad Roger's getting a second <laughs> chance so that you guys are helping him out. And it's like, who is he? <laughs> Did they realize after the fact he's Billy's cousin or something? <laughs> like... So the thing about this Number one, Roger's bad at soccer. He's so bad at soccer that Rita literally wants to murder him at one point. It's one of my favorite (laughs) things that's ever happened in this show is Rita being like, that kid is so bad at soccer. I have to send something to kill him. But but before that, before that, they like do this thing that I don't think they've ever really done before where they just like really nail down that Ernie is dumb. It's true. Ernie is occupying a very weird place in this episode. Like... Even Ernie as soccer coach, I'm like, really? Yeah. That doesn't seem like a thing you'd be interested in. I mean, I don't mind. Like, and I, and I and I don't say that as a size thing. I say that as a Ernie seems to really like making juice. And all the classes that we've seen are taught by students, which yeah. was, I assumed, how the, the youth center worked. And so I was like, <laughs> it's just striking me as weird, Ernie as a soccer coach. Right. But then, like, the boys have to remind Ernie that he's in control of the tryout situation altogether. And he can decide who gets on the soccer team and who doesn't. Yeah, like he could just put them all on the team, which is ultimately what he does. Ernie, I think, sometimes forgets he has agency in the world, Mm. which I think is one of the things that's causing problems in his business, is that he forgets that, like, he's actually in charge of who gets free stuff and who doesn't and who, like, what you put on the menu and how much things cost. Like, these are all choices he can make. I think Ernie struggles. Maybe it's a confidence thing. It might be. I mean... 
he has ended up in his fair share of like gross food as well being a large person in this world absolutely so we haven't seen his underwear yet but there's still time i don't think we will because he's a good person you know what i'm saying And he's an adult yeah Yeah. um so i don't really know but i just thought it was really kind of like not fun for jason and zach to be like you know you're in charge of the soccer drives right like you can have them do another one and like put roger on the team you know you could do that right and they're like laughing at him the whole time and i thought that was really weird the laughing energy is what gets me like it'd be one thing if they're like ernie why not you can do things differently i think that's cool but they're like making fun of it's very strange these kids are bullies yeah the power rangers in the canon of the text bullies (laughs) especially honestly jason and zach yes speaking of bullies who actually aren't bullies because the power rangers are bulk and skull little hijinks in this episode is more relevant than it's ever been before. It's true. They knock in a Thomas communicator. It's malfunctioning. It's a plot beat in the episode. I kind of dug it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I thought it was really weird that it broke so easily. I was like, what is that about? But I was into this idea that Tommy, for once in his life, hasn't taken off his communicator, but it's just malfunctioning. Right, at least was like a different energy to... There's no karate competition to be heard of. Yeah. The great 90s, because whenever someone mentions a beeper or a pager, you're like... (laughs) (laughs) That Miss Appleby thinks his communicator is a pager. It's funny in this class to me, I don't know why this stood out so much, but like Bulk and Scholar in this class with Tommy, but not the other five rangers, which I was like, they don't have every single class together. No, I think as Tommy's a transfer, he didn't get like as good of grades... You know, some of his credits mm. didn't transfer. And so he's, and he's in, always taken off school. Right. And so he's in the dumb people class, like, you know. Oh, but he is one of the six yeah. smartest people in the class. Was he in that episode? Yeah. He was. Because it's specifically the six smartest. Oh. Makes you think. Interesting. <laughs> I, I have, I just didn't think that any of them could be in a class without all of the other people also being there. Miss Appleby is teaching about evolution now so like what what is her job maybe she got switched to science between semesters and we just didn't we didn't really hear about it and explains the b thing too it's my problem i'm not reading between the lines i think this school i mean i think this school is like really in a bad way like because they're they're outsourcing all of their events at the youth center i don't i don't really know what's going on with this school district but in any case miss appleby is apparently notorious for taking things and literally never giving them back which makes sense Uh if it's like a toy or like a mask or like something goofy but like if it's your pager right one of two things has happened here either miss appleby has confiscated so much stuff in a single day which knowing angel grove high maybe or she just never gives things back that one's probably more likely. I think she's just one of those teachers that never gives things back. But, you know, as someone who went to high school where, like, people had cell phones all the time, you you got them back at the end of the day. That was the rule. <laughs> yeah. And I think you should give people their expensive electronics back. Honestly. This episode also features Ernie hearing the communicator go off. A thing that I am positive he's heard before. Yeah. But it is only this episode where he's like, oh, what's that noise? And they have to lie and say it's their pager. It's, again, very weird. Well, and also that reminds me to go back to one of the previous episodes that we uh, watched for this chunk is with the news broadcast. Ernie also seemed like very engaged, like he was trying to get their attention, like you have to go do something about the news rather than like just reporting the news. I don't know. Ernie, Ernie's weird. And end of note. Yeah, never really holds together, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And that is, that's Ernie's cross to bear, isn't it? (laughs) 
this episode does like specify a lot of like people doing things out of view without hearing things. And it's like, this has never been a problem before. They're, they're teaching Roger soccer in the park. Rita decides he has to die. Zach and Jason give him this pep talk that's basically just like, what if you, I don't know, tried and practiced. <laughs> but Rita is like, send these putties to murder them. He is so bad at soccer. Putties do nothing. No. They're waiting for their big ball. Yeah. But Rita hasn't decided to send Big Ball yet. I liked when Big Ball showed up. Don't get me wrong. I liked Big Ball. I did not like... More Big Balls. Oh my god. I didn't like it when it wasn't a ball, though. I thought that was stupid. I mean, it's like very basic. Yeah. When it's not a ball, it's just like, oh, here's an armadillo. Right. You know, they're fighting the ball. I do like them kicking the ball around. Mm -hmm. The song goes, go, 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 combat, which is silly. (laughs) At one point... Kimberly does my one of my favorite things, pointless back handsprings. She just yeah. back handsprings over in regular space and then stops and kicks someone normal. I'm all about it. Yeah, and then the ball flies in the background of that, I'm pretty sure. Which is like, what's even going on? No notes. I did like how Trini was the one who sheltered with Roger and Billy was in the fight. Yeah, he's branching out, you know? Yeah, they're giving him a shot. I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah, he's gaining his confidence finally. We're 50 four episodes 55 episodes in and billy's like i guess i am a power ranger yeah it's it's good that other people and billy himself finally believe in it uh the like fight part of this episode is like pretty dumb after this part like the monster's not that exciting the like tommy getting his communicator back is like whatever when he finally does show up it just lets him and jason punch it which like yeah i don't know what that was or is the megazord part when zach is like oh we have to hit it when it's not in a ball it's like that's literally been the whole episode my dude yeah and then one thing also is soccer dolo like not in ball form is just going like the whole time it's weird the whole time it's half of a good monster by which i mean the time where it's a ball yeah that was good but then he's talking and it's like shut the hell up and then like when he's not talking he's just going the whole time the megazord part is particularly stupid because zach says that very obvious thing mm-hmm. it for no discernible reason stops being a ball and they don't summon the power sword to kill it first they walk towards it a little bit mm-hmm. and it shoots them with like electricity or something and it's like how what are, why what are, we, what are we doing yeah bulk and skull have a couple really weird moments that i still can't really explain they do this weird sumo thumb wrestle thing with like their faces on their thumbs <laughs> yeah it's very silly i i continue liking their sort of detention activities since they're there so much it just makes me sad for their futures ultimately but they do become why sad. well because like the school they're really falling through the cracks of the school because they're just like i don't give a shit about these kids put them in detention it's true i mean they do have quite a few adventures over the years and in Power Rangers Megaforce, Bulk returns to the show and is getting into hijinks with Skull's, like, nephew or something like that. That is true. That is true. I haven't watched that season. I just know that happens. Yeah. So there is a way for us to find out what happened. We'll see the the repercussions of this. They also become cops and briefly monkeys. So, you know, (laughs) lots of things happen. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) The, The second thing that they do is, like, the final hijink beat involves, like, Skull having a bunch of slime on his hand for some reason. And I'm like, why is this happening? It's really sticky. It's not gooey. It's sticky. I don't know. But, you know, the one thing about this is when they had a soccer storyline, I thought for a second that they were going to pull up 
like random pieces of that footage from the Zero Ranger episode where there is that like soccer ball situation. Oh, the mean soccer ball kid. Yeah, I thought that was. Gonna I love that mean soccer ball kid. That would have been fun if there was just some random Japanese kid. Being yeah, mean. I was like, what? What are they gonna do? But they didn't do it at all. It was just this, this nonsensical big soccerillo monster. Whatever, man. And Roger being bad at stuff, but apparently being good enough to make the team. But really, he just made a second he's, team. So but like, he's the captain of the second team. Yeah, but he's the captain of the loser team. This is like a the setup for a Bad News Bears story. It is. But Ernie's not going to do that. We're going to forget these because Roger ceases to exist the moment this episode I think ends. Rita goes, she like figures out how to kill him herself. She's just like, whatever. She removes him from the timeline. Yeah. It's like, fuck this kid. I hate this kid. And there's a lot I can tolerate, but not a kid being bad at soccer. I can't handle that. Oh my God. So now we're into the last episode. Yes. Which is much more fun to me. This episode, it's good. It's Jason and Tommy's friendship stuff, which I really like. Friendship. I mean, maybe that's the word. Maybe that's not the word. I don't know. You decide. But it's also a lot of no karate's okay we promise yeah and i think that's probably directly a result of like kids getting in trouble at school for trying to be power rangers you know Mm -hmm. and so they're like actually karate is like good for kids keeps them off the streets that's something that they say Oof, that's my favorite which like oh my god how 90s (laughs) that everyone was worried that like kids were gonna get into trouble on the streets yeah there's this like as we're recording a lot of people arguing on twitter about or pointing out that there's these statistics about like kids don't hang out with their friends anymore. And like, it is directly a result of like two decades of policy that was about trying to keep kids from congregating in public space because of this fear that it would turn them to crime. And like, it's so funny this like, Oh, if they're doing karate, they won't be out on the streets where it's like, they'll what hang out with their friends and maybe smoke a single cigarette. And who gives a fuck? Right. Right. And also just like fear mongering on the news. Like you have to have your kids like within eyesight all at all times. Otherwise they will literally like evaporate and you'll never see them again. Like, or do drugs or do drugs or get pregnant or whatever horrible thing that you want to imagine and it's just like (laughs) that that didn't happen i i want everyone to know that and there's so many things like we always i i love that almost every episode we find some like 90s something that it's like oh yeah this show is so culturally set at this time and to me this was the one karate will also keep your grades up karate will help you learn discipline it's 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 a good karate episode these students are white belts i just have to point it out because of that one episode where tommy had those three black belt kids yeah i mean this is a beginner class i don't know the caption spelled sensei in the most wild way so i had to write it down it was s-i-n-s-e-h which that's not how that is spelled (laughs) the fuck okay i don't get it whatever whatever but now let's talk about jason and tommy's coordinated outfits and fun friendship they are a power couple, I think. They're so similar mm-hmm. to the point of like, I just don't know how to describe it besides romance. Yeah. Like maybe it's not sexual romance, but it feels romantic. Yeah. it de- No, it definitely feels romantic. Like they're just like, we're going to do this together and we're going to look like this while we do it. And we just trust each other so much. Like, I don't know. They are partners. Mm-hmm. Partners in the ambiguous way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Word choice on purpose. Kimberly, you don't have a chance. But I I really do love playing this like magic spell makes them not partners. Yeah. Thing. It's so fun to me. Um, 
And as it was happening, I wrote down, this plan actually seems normal and fine, and I can't wait to regret writing this note. And I'm pleased to say, I don't regret writing this note. It was a normal and fine plan. Well, I mean, it's good. I I don't know why they catch the thing. I wish that they were hit by the thing rather than catching it, but whatever. Right. But just on the basic level of like what Rita is trying to accomplish, yeah. she identifies the correct problem. She has the correct solution. They just overcome it. Right. And after episodes of like plans on plans or like why does this matter so much Mm -hmm. to you or like you got here because zach said peck on the cheek it's nice to see her really specifically thinking going after a problem yes (laughs) thinking it through just a little bit rather than reacting yeah i do wish that they were like it was less about this giant small business opportunity that bulk and skull have of like selling tickets to a fight and more about like in individual moments where they're interacting in a way that is different like i wish it was more of that but i do appreciate the fact that bulgan skull are entrepreneurs we know i love it when bulgan skull are running a business it it's interesting to me because the first part of this fight is very much like based on specific things he he doesn't want to give tommy the opportunity to showboat tommy doesn't like when jason tells him what to do Mm -hmm. which feels very relevant to the show but then very quickly it just becomes like we just want to physically fight each other yeah and everything becomes that And that feels to me why they had to go out of their way to be like fighting as bad karate as good. And it's like, they didn't have to physically fight. That did not have to be the story. Right. They could have just been on each other's nerves. Like, that could have been it. But no, instead, hordes of people, who are these people? I don't know. Somehow hear about this fight and show up to be like, yeah. And they don't look like... The normal teens who are in the youth center. No. I would have loved it. It was just a bunch of like the random people being like, oh, those two are going to fight? Yeah, I want to watch that. Like so many of the, the extras are, look like people in middle age. It's like, why are you here? And they chase Bulk and Skull down and beat the shit out of yeah. them. So like. Yeah, I guess I guess it's true. Like humanity's are re- always ready to form a mob, you know, <laughs> just give them an opportunity and they'll do it it's 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 the traveling fight mob that goes across california and happened to be in angel grove this week yeah and bulk and skull's biggest mistake was trying to make money off of them it's true it's true and like tommy and jason do not own up to that in any way like yeah i know we were like saying we were gonna fight but we worked it out sorry you got beat up yeah no does ernie know this fight's gonna happen he doesn't step in i don't think ernie would i think ernie's just like i mean the kids have to go somewhere whatever you want to do as long as you're not on the streets i think that's ernie's whole thing and that's why he's constantly giving out free food because he's like well they'll either you know be here and eat my food for free or they'll hold up at mcdonald's i don't know and it's just like i think there are middle grounds and there and there really are it's very funny because zach steps into this fight and says you shouldn't fight unless it's the only way out and yeah. at the end of the episode we are again told fighting should be Like, if anything, a last resort. There's always a better way than fighting. Yeah. And this is a group of people who physically fight things every single episode. All the time. Never never attempt to have another way out of the situation besides morph and hit with our weapons. I guess the thing is, is like, they're fighting monsters, you know, bad things. And it's like putting out this idea that, like, there are things that are just bad and you'll know that you have to fight them and that's it. But when we're talking about humans... Maybe there's, like, another way. Yeah, the the 90s analog of me, though, especially because we're already talking about this stuff sure. in the 90s view of, like, crime and stuff makes me go, like, the bad people are sometimes humans. You know what I mean? It's that, that view of criminals where it's, like, criminals are, you know, this class of evil people. It's it's really fascinating to me to just put that in the show. And, and, and I'm curious, like, the chicken and the egg of it all. Like, yeah. was it... 
they decided to do this episode or they have this footage where they're fighting and they decided to do this fight and they're like, well, we need to make sure we buy back that fighting. Is it good? Or was it the very real criticism that we know they've gotten that they decided to try to tackle it in this episode? But either way, it just like feels like an interesting mess they put them in. It's like a weird one to iron that out in. Like they could have done it in a different episode and it would have felt like less indirect conflict <laughs> with itself. Yeah. Yeah. When we do get to like the bulk of the action of this episode, it starts to get very silly because Zordon basically says like the way to break the spell is just to like, I don't know, work, get to like be, be yeah. cool. Be cool. <laughs> That's stupid. And the rest of you need to stay behind so that Jason and Tommy have an opportunity to be cool. And they're all like, well, it's the only way. You're so right. And Jason and Tommy go they teleport in. Most of this is Japanese footage, but the first shot of them teleporting in is not. And you can tell because of the terrible phone yeah. dragon shield and because Austin St. John looks huge in this <laughs> shot. He's so big. He like he, he really fills beefy. it out. Okay. He really fills out that suit. It's so noticeable. He just looks like a big guy, which he is. And he looks like an action figure. Like he does. Yeah. It's kind of wild. And then the rest of this is like so insane and so silly. And like, I'm going to go low. Well, I'm going to go high. And then there's a big net for no reason. But you know, I love a big net. Who doesn't? (laughs) I'm always here for a big net. I do. As you were saying that about Austin St. John being beefy. I just like realized in my head that like, I forgot as a kid how beefy he was. Yeah. Like, I remember him more slender. And I wonder if it is because the Power Ranger is so much more slender. Like, I just remember all the Power Rangers as slender. Yeah. But no, when you look at Austin St. John, like, he's a big guy. He's a big guy. And I love seeing him in the Power Ranger suit because then he looks like how the Power Ranger action figure looks. Like, he literally does. And yeah. I'm just like, that's great. I love that. I love that look for you. But I also understand that being in the suit suck. So. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice to see sometimes. And yeah. And, they, they do just seemingly decide, like, no, let's just put it together. Okay. And then Tommy gets on top and throws the big net. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then the others come. They, they do something interesting in this episode, or all throughout. There's been this weird implication that now feels so intentional that, like, if they destroy the monster, Rita cannot make it grow. Mm-hmm. When that's never been how this worked. Yeah. That is new because, like, they would literally, in episodes past, destroy the monster and then it would just grow anyway. Yes. And so like in this episode, I think it's the coolest version of it. Normally it's been Rita kind of jumping the gun, mm-hmm. which it, this is like they, they are about to shoot it with the yeah. now called Mega Blaster mm-hmm. and it grows. And like that was kind of cool. and I liked it, but it just really like threw into relief for me. It's like she doesn't have to rush to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like they're trying to explain why she was rushing to do it before in different episodes as if like people are watching them this closely like we are, which like at the time nobody was. Right. And if you do, I feel like it feels more like, why is this a thing? As yeah. opposed to, oh, you you fixed this problem I have. Yeah, it's like, this isn't really an explanation. It's just weird. They power up the power sword, mm-hmm. which is a line they say, which is really stupid. They defeat the monster. The shark is fine, I will say. It like goes to right. the ground. That's kind of fun. But it's like, it's fine. It, there's nothing to write home about. It's boomerang is kind of cool. And then Bulk and Skull are beat up. And... Yeah. No one takes any culpability for it. Jason and Tommy do not say, oh yeah, we were going to fight and allowed you to sell tickets to that. And that was maybe our bad. Or even like, you guys shouldn't have sold tickets to that. Yeah. We were not in our right state of minds. There's just no culpability because these people never take responsibility. Right. They could have said like, don't make, you know, you shouldn't make profit off of other people's misfortune. I don't know. That's pretty deep for Power Rangers, but. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really, that's really down there. They could have done it. They could have said literally anything, but they're like, wow, I'm exactly. so glad that this mob beat up Bulk and Skull for literally no reason. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Ugh, what are you going to do? They're back together though. 
they're holding hands basically Basically. spiritually (laughs) i'm really i really think they're gonna make it you think it's gonna it's gonna be okay it's so funny i wonder if this episode was really fun for um for jason and and austin to film because as is reported allegedly they had a bit of a rivalry which makes sense right of course they would yes so i wonder if it was like kind of cathartic in a way to be like i hope so acting like they hated each other on screen yeah yeah oh i love it well i think that about wraps up our discussion of these episodes so now i must know natalie who was your favorite ranger oh boy there's you know there's good candidates i'm gonna say i'm gonna say jason okay yeah He's having a good time in these. Yeah, I think I like him in that night costume. He seems so much angrier <laughs> when he's angry at Tommy. He seems so much angrier than Jason. As, like, you know, like they just seem so much angrier. And I love that. So, yeah, it's a fun Jason one. I'm going to say Kimberly because she's the only ranger who's not so stupid as to hold the pumpkin that's going to try to attach your head up to your mm-hmm. face. Yeah. And also because I really like that she has to give up the car and she kind of doesn't hesitate to do it and... It's like, you know, it's a bummer, but it's fine. This is like what I have to do. I'm a Power Ranger. I really like that. Yeah, it's good. Love Kimberly. Always. Well, that's going to do it for today's episode. Next episode is our season one finale. I don't think it's going to be particularly flashy or exciting, but we'll have a good time talking about episodes 57 through 60, the rest of season one of Mike Miller from Power Rangers. These are available on Netflix in the US. If you missed our last episode, we have officially declared that season two will be Mighty Morphin Power Rangers season two and Die Ranger. So we're so excited to do that. I think there's a chance we maybe take a week off in between season one and season two just to give ourselves a little breather, but we are excited to dive into that yeah i'm really excited i also just cannot believe that we've made it this far that we're even thinking about a season two and i want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in and commented and we have patreon people like what the hell like (laughs) amazing it's so exciting and it's and it's really like yeah i want to echo that thank you so much for being here and when you guys get at us on social media even if it is trying to convince us to uh to cover spd uh i we we love talking to y'all we love being with her. our social media we we're pretty active on twitter tumblr and instagram it's all teach me sentai we're pretty easy to find but feel free to get after us there you can email us longer emails at teach me at gmail.com and yeah patreon.com says teach me sentai if you want to help power up season two another thing that i'll tease again is that we loved talking about Jetman and would potentially like to do that more. And that will probably be what we do in Patreon bonus episode land. Should we get to a uh, appropriate subscriber level for that? So yeah. if you want to hear us talk more about Jetman after that episode, you know what to do. Yeah. You know, you gotta just kind of invest a little bit, I guess. I don't know. Or don't. It's fine. Yeah. Or don't. And listen to us do this. And we're just so happy. Yeah. We're just happy to be here, honestly. Okay. Well, so then I think that brings us to our, like, most important question of the episode. The signature question, if you will. What color ranger would you be if you got a morpher today, John? I'm blue again. And I feel like I've been blue a lot. You have been. But I guess that's just, like, where I'm living. I kind of feel more like a cool blue ranger today. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is that's making me feel that way. But, like... I kind of I kind of feel like maybe I'm a cool guy mm-hmm. but but yeah definitely a blue ranger yet again what about you I am wearing orange today so Ooh. I'm a sixth ranger I'm an orange ranger isn't there or a seventh ranger isn't there gonna be a seventh orange ranger and aren't they gay is that what I'm reading I don't know 
There's some articles. Out I never there. know what we're reading and it's true, but I yeah. think there is because the the thing they're adapting into Cosmic Fury or whatever had so many Rangers. I'm sure one of them was orange. That'd be cool. And there have been orange Rangers in the past. Orange is a very striking color. They should use it more. Yeah, it's weird that it doesn't come up very often. But anyway, that's what I am today. I love it. Well, let us know what you are on social media. Thanks for listening. And until next episode, our season one finale. May the power protect you. Bye. Teach Me Sentai is produced and hosted by Natalie Bridgman and John McDonough. Our incredible music is by Christopher Bridgman and our wonderful podcast art is by Yvonne14. You can find their work on Twitter at E-A-V-O-N 14 or on Instagram at Yvonne.14.art. You can support the show by going to patreon.com slash teachmesentai and new episodes come out every other Thursday wherever you get your podcasts.